today we're going to talk about peace. Uh, you know, Christmas chaos, you know, sometimes we experience that. And a lot of times in the middle of it, the thing we need the most is actually peace. And I hope today that, that after this message, this is my hope, uh, that some of you in the middle of whatever you're facing will have some peace um, and be able to go through life uh, with joy and, and be able to experience this Christmas season. Let it be a, a great one, maybe your best one yet, uh, because I'm going to give you hopefully some tools that you'll be able to have to be able to have a great Christmas season. Uh, but we know this. I think the one word we can, we can say that breathes in this time of year is, is conflict. You know, that, that sometimes that looks like uh, the stress from, from the shopping. Sometimes it's tight budgets or lack of money. Uh, it's the pressure we feel uh, and the, thing, the conversations and, and the things that come from that in the middle of it. Uh, maybe family issues, uh, just just knowing that maybe something's not completely right uh, for some families. Maybe it's the first year you spend without a loved one and some, what that creates within uh, the family, within the emotions, within within yourself. There's all these things that just, they arise, and, and it seems like Christmas is a season where uh, the the ground is fertile for these kind of things, the challenges. Um, but I also want to tell you that in the middle of that, uh, I have some good news that you don't have to be overcome and overwhelmed with the storms that come your way, with the, with the challenges that, that you're faced with, uh, because uh, there's some we can have peace in the middle of all of that. Um, you know, it's, it's um, it, with, with with shopping with all these things. It's, it's like the story I heard about this man who went shopping with his wife. You know, in the middle of of, of all the challenges already, uh, his wife says we have to get a lot of shopping done. Let's go to the mall. And so they go to the mall and they're shopping. They're looking, looking. After a while, she noticed her husband's gone. She's like, "Where did my husband go?" And so she can't find him for a long time. She calls him and she's like, "Where are you at?" He's like, well, uh, do you remember five years ago we went to that jeweler and you found that necklace that you said was perfect? And she, and she starts, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And he says, well, and remember that, you, that I told you one, one year I'm going to buy that for you? He's, he's like, yeah. And she starts crying you know, on the phone uh, thinking of this, this, this great, great necklace that he's going to buy her. And he says, well, I'm, next, I'm, I'm at the restaurant next door to that place. <laughs> Let me know when you're done. So it's... <laughs> It's not enough with the pressure of Christmas. You know, sometimes the shopping, all these things come in and just, just challenge us. And, and not knowing what gift to buy or if, if you're married for a long time, sometimes things like that. Well, it's like, or, or I'll give you another story I heard of a young couple. Um, they're, they're, they're new at this, this relationship thing and Christmas thing, and um, they're, they're, they're newlyweds. And uh, this, this, this guy, he, he wraps up a little box kind of the size of a jewelry box and, and gives it to his, his wife and, give, and hands it to her. She gets so excited. She's, she's thinking, all right, I, I know what this is. She opens it up, and it's a deck of playing cards. And she says, she's like, what the heck is this? And she throws it back at him like, why would you give me a play of decking cards? And he says, for the last two months, all you've been saying is all I know is all I want for Christmas, whatever is in that, it, there better be diamonds in there. He says, I got you some diamonds. What's up? We could play some cards. So... Sometimes in the middle of what we face, we make it, we don't always add to, the, to, add to it, right? There's, there's challenges with that. There can be conflict. There can be these things. Um, but here's the thing. When it, when it comes to peace, um, when it comes to the season, I really believe the, one of the big messages, which we're going to read in the, in the story, is God is trying to bring peace to our lives. He's trying to bring peace to this world. But here's the challenge we have. To us, peace doesn't always mean what it means to God. In our world, peace just means free from conflict. That means that, that there's nothing really, that there's no, there's no battle raging, there's no fight, there's no war going on. For us, when we say peace, that's what we think of. Well, there's just no, there's no conflict going on. Um, and so some people, maybe you're, you're, you're paying your bills this month, and it seems like, you know, with Christmas, all these things, you're, you're a little short. And you say, man, I just wish I had some peace when it comes to my bills. You don't really mean peace. What you mean is prosperity. You wish you had prosperity so you could pay all your bills. It's not really peace. It's just this idea because something is not right, and we see that. Uh, maybe you have loud neighbors. You know, Christmas season, you know, parties going on, and your neighbors are loud. They keep you up all night. You have to wake up to work the next day. And you would say, man, I wish I could just have some peace, which really you don't mean peace. You really mean quiet so you can sleep. 
Or maybe you have a doctor's appointment and you have uh, some tests that you're waiting for and biopsies and you say, man, I, 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 I need peace. I want peace in the middle of this. And really what you might be meaning is good health. You're, you're praying and saying, God, I want good health in the middle, middle of this. And sometimes what happens is when we think of peace, we're thinking the absence of conflict. But here's the thing. That kind of peace, it disappears whenever the next step of conflict or problems arise. That kind of peace, it goes away once the next war starts. Um, and that's not the kind of peace that the Bible talks about. That's not a bad peace. I, I hope we have the, that kind of peace in our lives where there's no battles and no conflict and no war. Um, but that's not the, the, the kind of peace the Bible talks about because that peace, it disappears as soon as the next set of challenges arise. That peace goes away. The Bible says there's a peace that goes beyond that. It's so much bigger than that. In fact, the word in the Bible for peace is shalom. The Hebrew word for shalom is shalom. And it means this, complete, completeness, soundness, uh, welfare, and peace, it's the one, some of the words that come with it. It's, it's, it's a bigger idea than just no fighting and no war. Uh, it, one of the best definitions I heard is, is nothing, nothing is missing and nothing is broken. Like it, it, it's a complete picture of uh, it's something that's complete in your life. Uh, when you have peace in your marriage, it means there's nothing missing. There's nothing broken in there. It's, it's, the relationship is whole. It's, it's complete. And here's the thing is, is in the Bible, Isaiah talked about that there's going to be a Savior that's going to be born in Bethlehem. He's going to come to earth. And one of the names he says, he's going to be Prince of Peace. His name is Prince of Peace that's coming to bring peace with him. He's going to be the King of Peace, the Lord of Peace, the one who rules with peace. And that's what he's going to bring to the earth, was, was the prophecy talked about. Um, and here's the thing with, with peace, true peace, biblical peace. It's not just the absence of what's wrong. There's, there's more to it. It's also the presence of what's right. So biblical peace, true peace, is not just the absence of conflict, not just the absence of war. Although that's good, that's part of it. It's more than that. It's also the presence of what's right. And we see this in the story of Jesus. It's God's presence that's coming to earth to not just fix what's wrong, but also to bring what's right and help us to know how to live the life we're supposed to live. Uh, so let's read the story in, in, um, in Luke. Uh, this is the Christmas story, right? So Mary gives birth to a baby. Uh, angel, an angel shows up to some shepherds on a hill and announces... Let's pick up there. It says, That night there were shepherds staying on the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, uh, appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And what does it say? They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. So here you are. Here's some shepherds, right? You get the night shift. Um, typically, um, action and activity in your job, most of the time activity and action is good. But in a shepherd's life, uh, activity is not good. <laughs> you want a, a night that there's no action. Like you go home and say, nothing happened tonight. That's a good night because that means your sheep didn't get eaten. You didn't have to fight the animals that were trying to k- take your sheep or the people that tried to steal your sheep. Activity was bad. So all of a sudden, an angel shows up and it says the, shepherd, the shepherds were freaked out, right? They were terrified. Uh, all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, this angel shows up. And, and the angel says this. He says, hey, well, calm down. Don't be afraid. I bring you the good news that will be for great joy for all people. Good news that will bring great joy to all people. He's, he's, he's announcing something that's very important. He says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah of the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, laying in a manger. Um, so he's laying in a, in a trough uh, uh, that what you would feed, you'd, you'd use to feed your animals because there was no place for them to stay. Uh, they were most likely in a cave, um, and, and um, he was wrapped in this. And he said, that's how you'll know. You'll go find him. He not even in a home, has no, no place. He came, showed up uh, in, in the middle of the night where he, he was born, um, and he's wrapped, laying in a manger. And then if one angel's not enough, 
Shepherds are like, wow, this is impressive. This is, this is uh, supernatural. There's one angel talking to me, which is kind of scary in itself. Um, if one's not enough, then it says this, that suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of, he- the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So if one angel's not enough, how about thousands and thousands of angels all of a sudden show up, right? Like, there's one, and they're like, whoa, now they're going to sing this song, glory to God in the highest heavens, peace on earth with those who please. If you weren't freaked out with one, I'm pretty sure you're going to say, this is, this is pretty significant what's happening here, right? And then God, should, God announces the first announcement of his son is to shepherds that are working the night shift that are all alone. Shepherds were not thought of very highly in that culture, uh, it, well, you, were, you were lower lower citizens because of the job that you had. Uh, they weren't thought of. And that's who God shows up to, the working class, the ones that um, that, that others shun and didn't care about. And, and this is part of the story of God is he wants to raise the lowly up. He wants to take those who, who are struggling the most and say, I want to give peace. I want to help you with it. Um, and he brings, brings the message to them, which is a message in itself. Um, then it goes on. It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, um, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. All right, this is impressive. Let's go check this out. Let's see what has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Uh, and re- they recognize this is God talking to them and, and, and using angels to, to share the, the story. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. So the story, there's a lot of different elements to the Christmas story. It's pretty amazing. As you read, as you study, you'll, you'll, you, um, you, you can read, I think, your entire life and still find something new in the story. There's these amazing components of the different elements of how, Jesus, how God shows up. Well, Jesus shows up as a baby, but how God speaks to um, his parents, Joseph and Mary. Uh, how, how he shows up to the shepherds. How there's wise men that travel from far to come and bring gifts to, to him, uh, to bring provision for them to help. Uh, but today I want to just focus on this one part uh, that says in, 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 in Luke 2.14, it says, Glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Uh, today I just want to talk about that part. What, is it, what does that look like to have peace on earth with, to, to those with whom God is pleased? If we look at this, this, this verse, uh, you see pretty quickly it, it shows the picture uh, of Christmas, what it's about. Right? It's heaven coming to earth. It, it's, it's the angels, they're, they're celebrating and they're praising God for what he's going to do to help mankind. Like the angels are excited about this. Like they're, they're genuinely excited. Like they're, they're, they're saying glory to God in the highest heavens. So God in his throne, like let him be praised. Let, we're celebrating the fact that God is, is bringing peace to earth to those with whom God is well pleased. Um, if, you, if you look at heaven coming to earth and, and they're excited, there's other, one other verse that talks about the angels celebrating Some, similar to this. It says in Luke 15 that when one person uh, who's far from God turns back to Christ and turns to God, that all of the angels celebrate. Uh, so every Sunday, we get, at the end of service, we get an opportunity for people to turn their lives to God. And it says when somebody does that, that heaven celebrates over that one person who just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my life to let God lead. I'm going to allow God to be God in my life, and I'm going to let him lead. Same, same idea there. They're, they're praising, they're, they're celebrating that, that something good is happening, that there's, there's going to be peace on earth to whom God is pleased. Um, when, it's, when it talks about being, God being pleased, 
It's the same it's the same words when Jesus is baptized and heaven opens up and God speaks over his son Jesus he says this is my son whom I'll who am well pleased same idea uh, that God is looking for people who are willing to partner with him to accomplish things on this earth so in other words God wants to find those people that want to use their life not just for themselves but for the be- for the betterment of others to 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 serve God's purposes on this earth and when we when people do that it says God is pleased with that he gives favor he wants to partner with people like that he's pleased with jesus because jesus is saying i want to follow your i want to i want to accomplish things you sent me to accomplish and god is looking for people to be to give that favor to and let it rest upon us and so you can see it's it's um god's favor resting um on on those of goodwill as another another translation says um toward so goodwill towards men uh so it's it's glory to god in the highest peace on earth and and they're praising god for this uh one one of the Proverbs says, talks about peace. When it comes to peace and pleasing God, it says, Proverbs 16, 7 says, When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, even his enemies are at peace with him. Uh, there's something that happens that, that uh, when, when we please God and we're following his ways, there's a peace that comes with that. Even our enemies will be at peace with us when we, when we please God. Another proverb says that the person that finds wisdom, that, that the wisdom's ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. When you find God, when you encounter the way things work with him and his kingdom, you find a path that, is, that, always lead, that, that, that he leads with peace. His path, the path is always peace. All right? um, in, in the stories, one of the things is, 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 is the, so Jesus is born, we celebrate Christmas. Well, Jesus grows up uh, to fulfill his purpose. And in it, he begins to, to, to mentor and, and has these apprentices called disciples that he's training and that he's trying to, to lead on this journey. Um, and, and one of the things that he says, um, he, he, he's letting them know how things are going to unfold. So he spends three years with them, training them and discipling them and, and, and preparing them. Um, and, and before he, before he dies, before he's killed on the cross, crucified on the cross, he actually tells him, all right, these are things that are going to unfold. This is what's going to happen. Like I'm going to die, but it's, it's for God's purpose. There's, there's something that's going to be accomplished in it. And oh, by the way, when I get arrested, you're all going to like freak out and run away. Um, and you're going to be afraid. Uh, and, and he begins to tell him all these things. But, but then he says, this is why I'm telling you. I, I want you to know that when these things happen, you'll be able to have peace. So he's giving them a specific word. And this is what he says. John 6, 16, 33 says, I have told you all of this so you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So what Jesus is saying is there's going to be moments that you're going to face difficulties and challenges. But what does he say? Take heart, because I've overcome. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be afraid. Uh, what I love about this is God is always trying to help the disciples, and, and the same is true for us, to know what's coming down the road so that when we face things that are challenging, we can have peace. We don't have to freak out. Um, I've told you these things. So um, I guess going from this, this one verse, I could tell you this. You're going to have challenges in life. Like, you're going to have problems. Um, you're going to face difficulties. And you might say, well, man, that's not very positive. Uh, can you be more positive? This is like a Christmas message, right? Okay, I am positive. You're going to have problems, and you're going to face difficulties, all right? I'm positive because that's just how life works. But this is not a bad thing. Um, it's only bad when you can only focus on the problem, and you don't, and you get stuck on the problem or you get stuck in the hurt. Um, and that's, when, that's the only time it is a problem. But when you're able to look above it and beyond it, that's really not that bad of, bad of a thing. It's actually it could be, like we talked about the last couple of weeks, it could be something that God uses to actually mature you and grow you so you can be the kind of pe- person that God can use in this world, somebody that's overcome, somebody that has joy despite what they faced in life. 
You don't have to be stuck from your past. You could keep moving forward. Because here's the thing with, with the peace God gives. It's not based on circumstances. It's not circumstantial. It's not um, when things are good, then I have peace. When things are bad, I don't have peace. So that's, that's not what, what the peace God has. Um, in fact, God's peace comes despite the circumstances. God's peace is available even in the middle of what we face. Uh, we can say it like this during Christmas, right? That presence, not presence, is the greatest message of Christmas. God's presence, his, 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 him showing up, him being present, him being um, able to, to, to walk and, and talk and hang out with the disciples, um, to experience what we experience, that's one of the greatest messages of the, of the Christmas story, that God left heaven, right? King of everything. Everything he has, his disposal, left to come as a little baby, helpless, um, in need of others to care for him and take care of him. He left heaven, everything, to come to have nothing. Why? So he can grow up and be able to give us everything that he has. He's trying to win us back. He's trying to give us a way to be able to have his kingdom once again that was taken from us because of sin, because of our choices. And it's his presence, not the gifts that we wrap under the trees, but the very presence that, that, that he gave us, which is the greatest gift. Which I would say this for Christmas also, parents, especially parents, um, your best gift that you can give to others is your presence, your time, uh, your, your ability to talk and engage and encourage. Your presence is the best gift that we can give to others. This season, just being available, being aware, um, that is the best, the best gift. Why? Because every other gift you give will eventually get broken, will eventually get old, will eventually go away. But how people make you feel never goes away. Um, you never will. If I asked you who are the five people in your life that have impacted your life, you could probably recall them very quickly. If I asked you what are the five messages you've ever heard in your life that have helped you, you probably would have to take some time struggling. Why? Because the people made you feel a certain way, and you recall that very quickly because they were present. They were available. They spoke something to you that you needed at the time. And uh, our presence for the season, we can't forget that. It's not just about the gifts. Although that's fun, that's not bad, but it's, it's about us being present it's us being able to to talk and to encourage and to dialogue and move forward Um, when it comes to peace my favorite story in the bible when it comes to peace is a story when jesus um, is with his disciples in a boat and the disciples think they're going to die and jesus you know what he's doing he's taking a nap he's sleeping i'll read it for you right this is what it says in mark 4 um, it says, so they worked hard. Jesus is telling these stories. He's um, um, doing miracles. He's, 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 he's helping people understand what the kingdom of God is all about. So he's, 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 they're doing all that. They're very active. And at the end of the day, it says that same day, uh, evening had come. And he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. So it's evening has come. It's dark. Um, and now when they had left, off, left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as, as he was. Um, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat. So the waves are starting to crash into the boat, over the boat. Uh, so it was starting to fill up. And it says this, but he was in the stern, talking about Jesus. He was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Right? They're, they're, the boat is starting to get, and, and here's the thing. Some of these guys are experienced fishermen. So for them to be freaked out, that means there was a big storm that was happening. And they're, they're scared. And notice what they say. Do you not care? How many times in life do you have this, this feeling where you're facing something and the thing that comes out is, God, don't you care about the situation I'm in? Don't you care about these problems I'm facing? Don't you care? And this is their cry to God at this moment, to Jesus saying, don't you care that we're about to die? And listen to what he does. He says he arose and he spoke to the wind. He rebuked the wind. He said to, to the sea. So he talks to the wind and to the sea. He says, peace, 
be still. And what happens? The wind stops, and there was a great calm. A great calm. So you're, if you can imagine, you're the disciples, kind of like the angels, right? The shepherds show up. The angel shows up to the shepherds like, whoa, there's something pretty supernatural happening here, right? So the disciples in the boat, the storm is going crazy. Jesus gets out, and he says, hey, peace, calm down, stop. And the wind stops, and then it says the, there was a great calm, so even the waves stop. And all of a sudden, they're just like from storm and chaos, Christmas chaos, right? All this stuff going on to a great calm. You can almost hear it just like nothing. And the disciples looking at each other like, what in the world? All right. In fact, it says at the end of it, it says they look at each other and they said, who is this guy? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Like they've been with Jesus. They're his disciples and, and they still are questioning his deity um, that he's God. They're still, they're still trying to figure out who he is because in their mind, they're thinking politics. They're thinking ruling through, through power and might. Um, they're thinking they're going to be in charge of, 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 you know, when his kingdom is set up, his government is set up, they're going to be in charge. They're thinking earthly thoughts, and God is saying, no, no, my kingdom is not of this earth. It's something way beyond that. And they're still questioning all this. But this is what he says after he calms the storm. He says, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? What's going on inside you that you're, you're so afraid? And he says, how is it that you have no faith? Now, these statements in themselves, in that story, you're thinking, well, they're about to die. That's, that's reasonable. But if you look at where they're at in this story and the journey, they've seen God doing miracles. They've seen Jesus perform miracles. Like, he's proving to them over and over and over. He's telling stories that are so confusing, that's parables that are funny and make people laugh. But they're, they're, really, they're saying, like, what, what does this really mean? And, and, and when they're alone, he's saying, this is what the story means. And he's teaching them. And, he, and he's training them, and, he, and he's captivating so many people because of what he's, what he's accomplishing for God's purposes. And yet, they don't believe, and they're still full of fear. And, and they're, he says, how is it that you have no faith? Now, I'm sure the faith statement probably punched a little bit. Like, it, was a, it, was a, it was a punch to the gut. Because in their culture, they understood faith. Like the father of all faiths, Abraham, it says that because of his faith, God counted him righteous. Like God says, I spoke to Abraham, leave, your, leave what's known, go into the unknown, just trust me. Abraham says, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. He gets up and he leaves. Why? So God can bless Abraham so the world can be blessed through him. And it says because Abraham trusted God and believed and had faith, God blessed him and gave him favor. And so for the people of Israel, when he says no faith, they get that. They're saying, you're not like Abraham. That's like, ouch. You just said I'm not like you know, one of the guys I admire so much. Why? Because you have no faith. Where is your your faith. What is faith? It's, 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 the, it's the, the confident hope of something that we're, we know is going to happen. It's an assurance of something that we don't see yet. It's, it's an awareness of saying, I can't see it because it's not in front of me, but I know it's there. It, it's what God wants all of us to have. It, it's, it's a key component in this. And he's saying, because of fear is there, your faith is lacking uh, because you don't understand. So let me ask the question, why was Jesus able to sleep in the middle of a storm? He had faith. He wasn't fearful. He was trusting God, right? So God gave him this mission. Jesus, you're going to go. You're going to die on this cross um, for the redemption of the world, for the, for the forgiveness of sins for all people. You're going to face this. So Jesus, he's preparing for that, that, that day. He's building up to that. Like, I'm here only to buy back people for God. Like, I'm here to, to, to pay the penalty that they're supposed to pay so they can have a way back into God's family. That's my, that's my journey. That's my job. So God says it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So if you're Jesus and you know you're going to go to that cross and you're in a boat that's going crazy, 
you have no worry because you're not going to die in that boat that night. Why? Because God says there's more for you to do. He had a word from God. He knew that God was calling him purpose in his life. He understood there was something that God had for him to do. And he was able to do it. The disciples, on the other hand, they didn't have that word. They weren't sure. They, they, they were fearful. They were, they were lacking faith. Because Here, here's why. Because a lot of times we interpret the presence of a problem as the absence of God. Whenever the storms start rising up in our lives and then we face something that's difficult, we interpret that as, well, since there's a problem in my life, that must mean God's not pleased with me. That means God's not here. No, that's not true. In the middle of our problems, God can still show up. Really what, what that creates is just an atmosphere to show you what's inside. Um, is there peace or is there panic? Because you can have peace despite the problems that arise. Um, Christmas is about the presence of God. It's, it's about uh, peace in the middle of darkness. It's about um, God showing up when, there's, when, there, when the people are hopeless. So God shows up to a nation that's being ruled by another nation, um, and, and they're being oppressed. There, there's a lot of poverty. Um, they're furious because this big nation has overtaken them, and, and, um, and they don't want them there. And, and in the middle of it, they're saying, we have no hope. And when does God show up? In the middle of the darkest moment. Possibly the darkest, one of the darkest moments in history. He shows up in the middle of it. Why? To say there's going to be light in the middle of darkness. There's going to be peace in the middle of the storm. Whatever you're facing, I have something for you. Don't interpret the presence of a problem as the absence of God. You can have both at the same time. There can be a problem and still have God's peace in your life. But here's what happens when that storm rises up. It only reveals what's inside. In the last couple of weeks, we've talked about that because whatever is in you will come out in those moments. So in Christmas time, we have this atmosphere that um, it could bring out a lot of joy, which is great. It could bring a lot of festivities, but it could also bring a lot of conflict or, or challenges, right? Well, you'll know what's in you by what comes out of you in those moments. If you get really mad at the, ca- at the cashier because she's taking too long or he's taking too long, all that's showing you is you have impatience in your life and you need to learn some patience, right? It's not probably their fault all the time. Sometimes it's just long lines because it's Christmas and every shopping at the same time. But whatever's in you comes out of you. Um, if you have joy, when you get to that cashier, you're going to be like, you're doing such a good job. Here's a gift card for you to celebrate, right? If you have generosity, it's going to come out. Whatever's in you comes out. Um, and so when we look at this story, the reason, the reason Jesus could speak peace to a storm is because he had peace inside of him. Whatever's inside comes out. He had no worries. He had no anxiety. He had peace. And he spoke peace from within, um, from, from the peace that was within him. And, and all of a sudden, fear was, the, the storm was calmed and it went away. It disappeared. Because here's the thing. Whenever, whenever we recognize God's presence, uh, it always points to peace. God's presence always points to peace despite circumstances, even in the middle of a storm. Um, so the question would be here, I guess, would be this, is, is what's in you? Is it faith or is it fear? What's in you? When you face things, is it what's coming out? Is there faith that comes out? Say, God, I know you have plans. I know what your word says, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow um, those promises you have. Or is it a fear of it's all over? It's, all, it's done. I, I give up. I can't, I can't go through with this storm. What's in you? Um, faith. It's the substance of things that, we, that is hoped for and the evidence of things we don't see is how the Bible says it. What is your faith? What are you hoping in? Uh, St. Augustine says this great when it comes to the story of Jesus and in our lives. He says, when, we're allow, when we allow temptations to overcome us, Christ goes to sleep in us. 
So that's like Christ is asleep in us, like in the story of the boat, right? He's not, he's not awakened. When we go into this, he's asleep and he's not aware. We're not aware of his presence. And we forget Christ at such times. It's almost like we forget the presence of God completely. He says, let us then remember, let us, to, let us remember to wake him. He will speak. He will rebuke the tempest of the soul, and there will be a great calm. So what is Saint Augustine saying is that in the middle of our storms, when we're aware of God's presence, we don't have to fear the storm. We just say, God, would you let me have peace in the middle of this? I trust you. No matter what the doctor says, no matter what, um, what, what it looks like my family is facing, God, I, I trust you for your plans in my life. And then we walk that way, and we begin to walk what God has. If we look at the, the stories in the Bible over and over, Abraham, he had faith in God. He was able to step out of the known into unknown because he believed God. And God says, when you do these things, I'm going to respond. I'm going to bless you. And then Abraham steps into God's ways, and God begins to bless him. It's like, okay, I stepped out in faith, but now I see the evidence of this. I see that God is actually leading me in this journey. Um, Joseph, in the Christmas story, the fa- um, it would be Jesus' stepdad. Um, Joseph, he's, he thinks his wife, you know, his, his, his fiance, um, not his wife yet, his fiance uh, had, had, had uh, slept with somebody else, and she's pregnant, so he's curious. Um, but instead of having her killed, which the law says he, he could have done, he wants to just um, separate and, and go his own way. And God shows up and says, no, this is not what you think it is. Like, this is something special. And because God spoke to Joseph, he was able to overcome ridicule and things that people would say to him um, because, because of God's word. Mary, angel shows up and says, Mary, there's something special that's going to happen. Because of God's word, Mary was able to, to overcome ridicule and conflict that rose in the family. Everybody's freaking out like, hey, she got pregnant out of wedlock. All this in her culture, that was really bad. Um, she could die for it because uh, what the commandment said and all these things. And in the middle of it, she had peace because she believed what God said. One of, my, one of the stories I love is David fighting Goliath. Here's this teenage boy going against this, this, this giant, this champion warrior, right? He's about to face him and fight him. Why does he have so much confidence as a young boy? Because a few verses before the fight, God shows up with Samuel and says, David, you're going to be the next king. Prepare, be, prepare, be ready. So he goes up and there's an opportunity, a problem in front of him. He doesn't see Goliath as, as a problem, but as an opportunity. Why? Because God said you're going to be king. Is he king yet? No, he believes God's word. So when he's fighting David, he, Goliath, he has no fear of dying because he knows God said you're going to be king. So poor Goliath, today's going to die because I'm going to be king pretty soon. And that was David's confidence in his hope. Paul, Apostle Paul, did a lot of good to, to spread the, king, the good news, the gospel around our world. Jesus told him, Paul, you're going to suffer much. You're going to go through some really difficult times. And what happens? Paul suffers and goes through a lot. But he says, but don't, but because of this, a lot of people are going to come to Christ. Let you use your life for good. And so Paul was able to withdraw a lot of things. Why? Because he had a word from God saying, you're going to accomplish good things. Don't let the suffering, don't let the discouragement, don't let the challenges stop you. Push through. And Paul used his life. In fact, at one point, he had so much peace, he says, well, if they kill me, because he's, he's up for court and they might, they might kill him. So if they kill me, it's good. I'll be in heaven. And if they don't, then it's good because I'll be able to tell more people about Christ. How do you beat a guy like that, right? If you're like the judge, like, I I want you to stop speaking about Christ, how do you beat him? You can't. Why? He didn't fear man. He said, I have a word from God. Whatever he's going to do, I'm going to accomplish that. In fact, he says in Philippians like this, in prison, he writes a letter. He says this about God and about peace and about us. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Live in that joy. Relive that joy over and over, what God's done for you. Let your gentleness be evident Evident to all, 
The Lord is near. That's a key phrase in this verse. The Lord is near. Uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, at the Christmas shopping, in the mall, in traffic, um, at work, at the family dinner table, um, with those neighbors you don't like, whatever situation, right? So don't be anxious about anything. Whatever situation you're in, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which passes or transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, when you find yourself in these storms and these challenges, like take, your, take it to God. Draw near to him. Like Awaken his presence in your life, saying you're, you're here. And then I would, I, would, I would say read this verse whenever you're facing stuff, you need peace. He gives you tools of how to do it. He tells you, like fix your mind on these. Think about these things. Practice these things. And then he says, when you do it, the God of peace will be with you. How does he know this? He's in prison writing a letter and has peace. He, he's living it. He's not just saying it. He's living it, saying, trust me. I'm in the middle of a place where I should be anxious. I should be worried. I should be angry. But what does he have? He has peace. He has joy. He's rejoicing in what God's done for him on the cross. He's rejoicing in the fact he can use his life. Why? Because he has peace. And he's telling us, this is how you have peace in these situations. It's about what you fix your mind on. It's about what you're thinking about. It's about being aware of God's presence. Like in prison, God is with me. In the middle of my challenges, God is with me. Because God's presence, it always points to peace. And he's saying, be aware of that. Wake in his presence. Because here's the thing, God is everywhere. He's always available to us. It's just that he doesn't, he's not loud and boisterous where he's always saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. He's just a quiet friend that's next to us and says, I'm available when you need me. And like any good relationship, when we turn and say, God, I invite you, he shows up. Jesus tells his disciples in John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, remember the no conflict peace? Not that kind of peace, that's important. The peace I give you um, is different. My peace peace is different. Let your hearts not be troubled and neither let it be be afraid. So don't be troubled, don't be afraid because the peace I give you is bringing what's right to your life. Allow me to bring what's right to to your life. I want to lead you. I want you to have rest. I want you to be successful. My peace is so much more than the absence of conflict. It's the presence of what's right right now. And here's the thing for Christmas. When you have conflict, when you have challenges, if all you focus is on the wrong, you will not have, have a enjoyable Christmas. But when you begin to focus on what's right, wow, I have family next to me. And I have another year I get to give gifts. I have another year that I get to celebrate. You focus on what's right, you'll have peace, you'll have joy. Because it's not just the absence of what's wrong, it's also the present presence of what's right. And that's what God says. So here's our challenge for today. All right. My challenge for today and this week is this would you awaken yourself to God's presence? Especially when you find yourself in a storm and frustrated. Would you pause and just say, God, you, you said that you'd bring peace when I need you. I need your peace. And then just know that when you awaken the presence of God in your life, uh, you're in awareness that God's there, peace always follows that. Uh, let me read, read a psalm, Psalm 46. I love this psalm. Um, psalm 46 says this, that God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their, with their surging. Let's get that. No matter what chaos is going on in our life, we will not fear. Why? Because God is a refuge and ever-present help in trouble. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break 
at break of day. Nations are in uproar and kings, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This whole, ver- this whole song, he's saying, don't, don't forget, God's with us. Even when you face difficulties, God's with us. Don't forget, God's with us. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease and the ends of, to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And then he says this statement. This is God speaking. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. There's tons of verses and tons of, of, of parts of the Bible that are encouraging us that no matter what we face, you could hold on to something. God, you're my fortress. You're my refuge. Even in the middle of the storm, I don't like. That's the message of, the, of, of Christmas. It's God saying, I'm here to bring peace on those whom God is well pleased. Those who are saying yes to you. It's yes to God. So those who say yes to God, God is pleased. Um, today, as, as we wrap the service, here, here's what I, I want to offer to you. The same peace that, that God offers to us, offers to me, I want to I give you the opportunity to receive that and to say yes to it. See, in, in Romans 5.1, Paul tells us, he says, Therefore, since we have been made, made right in God's sight by faith, believing in God, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ the Lord has done for us. We have peace with God because of what Jesus did. That's the good news. We don't have to stay stuck in our misery. We don't have to stay stuck in our sin. We don't have to choose the kingdom of darkness. We can choose the kingdom of light. We can choose God. And God brings a peace, even in the middle of all the chaos. So this year, whatever's going on in your life, whatever you're facing, I want you to know that God wants to bring peace in the middle of your worries, in the middle of your chaos, in the middle of your questions. He said, peace. And it doesn't mean he removes it all. He just means he shows up in the middle of it and says, I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to help you walk through this. So he continues on in that, in that chapter. He says, if we confess Jesus as Lord and we believe in our hearts that, that God raised him from the dead, then we'll be saved. It, it's a confession that say, we're, we're, we're trusting as an action, but it's a belief that God did what he did on that cross for us. He says, that's what it takes to be part of the kingdom of God, is that you let God lead. You want peace? You need to invite the Prince of Peace into your life. And he'll rule and he'll lead you with peace. Do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today as we close service. You're here today and you need peace from God. You have no peace. Even at night you can't even sleep good because your thoughts, your worries, your concerns, they keep you up. And God is saying, would you trust me? Would you follow me? Would you let me speak truth into your life so that you can be the person that I created you to be. But it starts with us saying, God, I don't want to be in control of my life. I turn that over to you. So I confess you as Lord, which means I let, I invite you to be God in my life that you lead and I follow. Up to this point, many of us in this room, we've tried to be God over our own lives. And how's that working out for us? Most of us, it doesn't work out very good. I'd say it works out, doesn't work out for any of us when we're our own God. Because we can only produce what we have. Where God is saying, let me give you what I have, and that's everything. So Dave, if you're here and you want peace, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that just says, God, I, 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 I confess you as Lord. I believe in my heart that you sent your son. He, 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 he's alive today, even after he died on that cross for me. 
It's a simple prayer inviting God to lead your life. If that's for you today, I'm not going to call you to the front, just lead you in a prayer from your chair, from your seat. Uh, but I want to know that you're here. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Let me know that you're here. Say, I need peace. Awesome. I need peace. See your hand. See your hands. I need peace. Isn't it so easy to forget sometimes? I need peace. And then this week, when you're in the middle of stuff, God still wants you to say, God, I want your peace. Lead me. Guide me. Put something in to remind you. Anybody else? For you, raise their hand. Would you? I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Just saying, God, I invite you to my life. I invite you to lead me. Would you pray this prayer with me? If you're a Christ follower or a Christian in this room, would you pray with us so they're not praying alone? If you raise your hand, just repeat this with me. Say, Father God, today I confess Jesus is Lord in my life. I believe that you rose again from the dead and you died on that cross for my sins, for me. Forgive me. I turn to you. I want to follow your lead. Lead me. I invite your peace into my life. That no matter what I face, I will trust you for good and for your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those today that prayed that prayer?